This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives strategies and tips for how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week we'll talk about why you might consider connecting through TV, and we'll discuss the question of whether you can be a mix of the four tendencies. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer and an upholder who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, though we connect in many ways, I don't remember if we've ever actually connected through TV. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yet, Gretch, you don't share my love of The Bachelorette, so we don't get to talk (laughs) about that. Yes. Yes, Elizabeth, you're going to have to watch The Bachelorette on your own. Um, (laughs) But I'm very excited about something else you've got cooking, which is in Happier in Hollywood, you guys are going to talk about a super fascinating topic tomorrow. I cannot wait. Yes, we're talking about self-criticism, which is a big thing for writers and I think for everybody. And um, it's sort of when is it good to be self-critical and when is it toxic? So Sarah and I will delve into that on Happier in Hollywood tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited because it is 41 days to the publication of The Four Tendencies. I have started my official countdown. Um, And uh, I want to tell everybody about this cool pre-order bonus that I have got cooked up. And you can get all the details if you go to happiercast.com slash 4T bonus. And that's literally the number four, the letter T, and the word bonus with no spaces happiercast.com slash 4T bonus. And I'll put this in the show notes too, so you don't have to remember. Um, And what it is, it was actually a lot of work to do, but it's very cool. It's a video course about the four tendencies with five videos. That's cool. Yeah. So one of the videos is an overview to kind of go over the whole thing. And then there's one on um, using the four tendencies at work. Then there's one about how it plays out in romantic relationships, and then one for parents and teachers, and then one with healthcare. So doctors, nurses, physical therapists, nutritionists. And after the book comes out, people can buy this, but as a little treat for the people who pre-order the book, they can get it for free if they pre-order it. 
Um, so how does a person get this then? So you pre-order the book wherever you want. doesn't matter, you know, a big online retailer or your local indie. And then you go to happiercast.com slash 4T bonus and you find all the details and you need your receipt. So just hang on to your receipt, whether it's a physical receipt or a digital receipt. And then once you go through that, you'll get immediate access to the five videos. And uh, it's been so nice to see people sort of be enthusiastic about having the book come out. Like a lot of people have told me that on social media. But if you feel like I can't wait, you know, like my kid's about to drop out of school or I'm having this conflict with my spouse or whatever, um, you can get a lot of good info before September 12th. Very cool. So go to the show notes for this episode or go to happiercast.com slash 4T bonus. And now, Alyssa, it's time for the try this at home for this week. And speaking of happier in Hollywood, this week... You and Sarah had a Hollywood hack from episode nine of Happier in Hollywood that I thought was so great. The minute you said it and you guys were talking about it, I was like, this should be a whole try this at home for Happier because it's such a great idea. And here, here's the two of you talking about it in episode nine. Watch your boss's favorite TV show. And I mean, really, Sarah, we shouldn't even call this a Hollywood hack. No. It's really just a work hack right. for anybody. It really is. If you like whatever job you have, it's such an easy way to connect with your boss. If you know what their favorite TV show is to also watch that show. Yes. So inspired by Happier in Hollywood, this week's Try This at Home is to connect with television. <laughs> I just thought it was the most brilliant idea um, because it is this way to have a bridge, to have something casual, but meaningful and interesting to talk about with somebody where maybe for whatever reason you're finding it difficult to talk about. Like you talked in the episode about how you were very intimidated by your boss when you were working for Joss Whedon. And so like it was hard for you to talk. But I heard that advice about teenagers mm. when Eliza was young. And I have used that a lot, which is Somebody said, if you want to connect with your teenager, prepare to be bored. <laughs> and whatever she's interested in, you take an interest in. And that is great advice because then you have something to talk about and something that you can relate to together. So did you watch t a TV show just because Eliza was watching it? Yeah, absolutely. And I do it with both girls. I have watched way more Bob's Burgers than I ever thought that I would. But I do actually love Bob's Burgers. I have come to appreciate it and to love it on my own. It's like a really fun show. Um, and when I hear this theme song, I know that I have to come and prepare to sit down and watch for a few minutes. Show me what you got. Are you a winner? Can you make it hot? Don't be a loser. Take it to the top. Make it pop. Put the pedal to the metal. What is that, Fred? That is the theme song for RuPaul's Drag Race, which is a show that <laughs> both my daughters love. And you may say to yourself, is this appropriate for a 12-year-old? And I would say, that is a very good question. Um, <laughs> but we do all watch it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love RuPaul. Yes. I should check that one out myself. <laughs> we also got a great suggestion from a listener, a Happier in Hollywood listener, after that episode came out, um, who pointed out this goes the other way and that bosses, our, our thing, of course, was about watching the same show your boss watches. She pointed out bosses should watch what their employees watch to connect with their employees, which I thought was a great point. Well, see, this is what I think is so brilliant about this, this idea is that so many people watch television. Sure, some people don't, but almost everybody does watch some TV. And it is this way that if you figure out something that is striking a chord with someone, 
it's a very easy and natural and casual way to connect. Like I had a friend who had a mother who was very incommunicative. She was loving, but she just sort of never talked mm. and never was very personal or kind of just dis- never disclosed anything. And my friend said that they started watching soap operas together. And that was the only time she got a sense of like her mother's values because it was like this neutral place where they could talk about like, well, what do you think about drinking or what do you think about marriage or what do you think about commitment? Mm. They could talk about these characters and in these kind of imaginary, ridiculous scenarios. And she said it really made her feel so much closer to her very, very kind of private, quiet mother. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people who watch soaps with their grandparents or their grandmothers, usually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like soap operas don't really exist in the same way. So you have to find something else to be that connection. But But, you know, it also, though, I think there's a way in which this is a little bit complicated because one of the things we talk about all the time is like you want to be Gretchen or you want to be Elizabeth. You want to be true to yourself and what you love, what you find fun. And spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode. So you want to find common ground. But on the other hand, you don't want to force yourself to do something that really leaves you cold or makes you incredibly bored or that you absolutely can't relate to. And so it's sort of a tension that can never be resolved, which is how am I true to myself? And then also, how do I kind of overcome my own personal limitations in order to connect better with other people? Yeah, it's like if I were really wanting to connect with Adam, my husband, I would make Sports Center my favorite show. But that is just <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. In a uh, very special episode 110, uh, we talked about lo- loneliness. And then we did a deep dive into loneliness in 115. And one kind of loneliness is the I'm different loneliness. Like everybody's totally into something and I'm not. Or I'm totally into something and nobody else is. Right. So and if everyone loves a show or watching football, you could feel left out. And that's a bad feeling. Yet you're you and you don't want to have to love something that other people love. Yeah. Sometimes you can find it just like the way I found that I did like Bob's Burgers when I watched it. But right. I don't think that you would start loving Sports Center probably even after six months of heavy watching it. Yeah. No, there has to be some kernel of interest there. But a lot of times if you're with people, I mean, at work, for instance, you do have sort of a common sensibility. So it would make sense that you're interested in what they're interested in. Yeah. Um, And with teenagers, you can say, well, it's interesting just to know what captures their attention because it's like a window into their mind in a way. Um, So it's interesting in that way. Yeah. Sort of culturally interesting, even if it's not to your own personal taste. Exactly. I do watch a lot of Ninjago with Jack, and I have to say, it's a great show. <laughs> well, and what was the show you gave? You and Adam both gave like this passionate, enthusiastic review of that Star Wars show. The Yoda Chronicles. Yes. At Christmas one year, you guys were like, this is an amazing show. I was like, for <laughs> reals? Um, because they look like little Lego creatures uh, in Star Wars costume, and you guys said it's actually a really good show. Yeah. I think it's interesting because there's so much criticism out there about how technology and TV drive people apart and everyone's just, you know, got their eyes glued to a screen and nobody talks to each other anymore. But in a lot of ways, technology brings people together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's you can sit together in a room and watch TV together or it gives you something to talk about. Even if you've watched it separately, you can come together and discuss it. Or like to premiere the first one of the season or it's like some appointment television, like the Oscars or something. It's like something yes. that people are experiencing at the same time. 
there is something really lovely about it. And it is a way to connect with people in a way that is quite universal because a lot of people tap into TV. So it, it reaches into a lot of different corners. Yeah. But here's a funny point that struck me, too, as I was thinking about this, like especially thinking about like teenagers or children. They may not want you to watch their shows because economist Tyler Cowen in his book called Discover Your Inner Economist, he had this funny point of something that he calls artistic secession. And he writes, in many cultural markets, most of all in music, but I think it's also true of TV, many of the buyers seek artistic secession. That means liking something new or at least liking something that will appear new to one's peers, meaning mm. you're not going to listen to this music if you know that your parents listen to that music. The very fact that they like it means that you want to pull away and have something different. So I was like, well, so maybe maybe you really do have to meet them on their ground or maybe they really don't want you to be like the cool mom who watches their show because they're like, it's cooler if your mom hates your show. <laughs> Good point. Well, let us know if you tried this at home and how connecting through TV works for you and who you connected with. Like, how did you use it? What TV show did you connect on? Let us know at Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 128. So you would go to happiercast.com slash 128 for any kind of contact information, images, links, anything related to this episode. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Gretchen, it is time for our weekly happiness hack, and here's a hint about what it's going to be. Yes, that is the dreaded 
snooze alarm. And we have talked before about the dangerous allure of the snooze alarm. And here's the hack. It is such a simple hack, but I have been surprised by how many people have said to me like, oh my gosh, I never thought of this before. (laughs) And the hack is if you find yourself hitting the snooze alarm over and over again, put your alarm clock or your phone, which is what a lot of people use now, across the room. So you literally have to have both feet on the floor and you have to patter across your bedroom floor Mm. before you can turn off that alarm. And you probably want to make it really loud and really annoying so you're going to jump out of bed and go there expeditiously. Because for a lot of people, once they're out, once they're like exposed to the air and they're upright, it's a lot easier to stay up than it is to get up. Yeah, it's a great hack. I mean, the other thing you could do if you don't want to give up your snooze alarm completely is have your snooze alarm next to your bed and then a separate alarm across the room that Mm. once it goes off, that's it. It won't stop going off. So sort of have your cake and eat it too with the snooze alarm. Don't I remember that Adam is like a practically triple-digit snooze alarm hitter? Oh, yes. He's like the full (laughs) hour of the snooze alarm. So if it goes off at 7, I mean, I don't know. He may not get up till 8.30. He needs to prepare himself. But I think part of it is you have to want to not use the snooze alarm. I think he would ha- he would have to go through a lot of rallying his mind to give up the, the snooze alarm in order to use this hack. But I think for some people, they really do want to stop. They really are annoying yeah. themselves. But this is a great example of something which I think is always worth considering whenever you're thinking about a bad habit that you can't break. Like, I always eat ice cream, you know, right before I go to bed, or I always use the snooze alarm, or I always check my phone while I'm driving, or whatever it is like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what people do is they say, like, I need to have more willpower. I need to think about my priorities. I need to, like, carefully think through my motivation. But what I find to be true, and, I, you know, I write about this a lot better than before in my book about habit change, it's far easier to work on your environment or your circumstances. It's easier to change the outside than to change your inside. And so don't try to change yourself. Don't try to work on your willpower. Just move Mm. your phone across the room. So you got to get up and turn that thing off. Then you don't have to worry about your willpower, your priorities, or your motivation. You just move the phone. And now you're just out. You don't have to think about it. There's no strain. There's no debate. It's done. And you just don't even think about it. So I I think it's a hack that's almost a symbolic hack, which is... Don't try to change yourself. Just move your phone. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gretchen, it is time for a four tendencies tip. Um, And before we get into the tip, uh, just to remind everybody, the four tendencies is a personality framework you developed. And the four tendencies are questioner, obliger, upholder, and rebel. And if someone wants to know what tendency they are, they can take a quiz. Yeah. You can take the quiz at happiercast.com slash quiz. I'm closing in on almost a million people haven't taken that quiz. And there's also a brief description, kind of an overview of what they are. So if you want to just remind yourself about what the four tendencies are, go to happiercast.com slash quiz. Yeah. And this week we're discussing something we get emails about every single day. (laughs) We get an email from someone saying, I think I'm a mix of two tendencies. Can I be more than one tendency? Yeah. What's the answer? So the answer is no. Um, I argue that each one of us really does fit solidly within a tendency that we each have a core tendency that is sort of hardwired in us and will kind of be our instinctive reaction to expectations that come our way. 
But what is true, and I think this may be what people sort of are, are feeling, is that all the tendencies interlock. And so mm. each tendency overlaps with two other tendencies. And this is, can, is much easier to understand when you can just see a visual representation. So in happiercast.com slash 128, the show notes for this, I will post a graph that shows these overlapping circles that makes it clearer. But the point is, each tendency shares an element with other tendencies. When I write about it in the book, The Four Tendencies, I put the big one, the big number is your core tendency. So Elizabeth, mm. for you, it's obliger. Is your, and yes. then it's slash. I tip toward questioner. You tip toward questioner. So obligers who tip towards questioners don't feel as burdened by outer expectations. They do feel the burden of outer expectations, but they do find it easier to resist or to say no or like remind themselves, if I have to say no to you, I can't say yes to someone else. Whereas mm-hmm. obligers who tip to rebel, because that's the what obligers tip to on the other side, have much more of that feeling of resentment and much more of that feeling of being pushed around and much more a feeling of you can't tell me what to do. They're much more susceptible to oblige a rebellion. Like, Elizabeth, I've only seen you have a handful of what I would think are episodes of Obliger Rebellion, and they've been pretty mm-hmm. small. Some Obligers fall into Obliger Rebellion that like kind of covers their whole life for years, even though in the end they might look almost like rebels because they tip to rebel, but really they're in the Obliger category. So again, it's a lot easier to see it, like when you see the thing. So I'll post a picture of it because and what is this in, uh, do you know what this is in astrology? It's like you're like, I don't know, your rising sign? Yeah, or something like that. It's sort of like that you have like your main thing and then you kind of have the thing that sort of flavors it. But when you know what your combination is, it can give you a lot of additional information as to the kind of problems that you'd have, the kind of conflict you'd experience or how you'd fix challenges in your life because you sort of can see where you're coming from more clearly. So interesting. You're nice to say so. What a good sister. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for a listener question. Uh, Remember, you can leave us a voicemail at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336. Or you can email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com, or you can record a voice memo and email us your voice memo if you'd rather do that. We like to hear from people every which way. We sure do, Gretch. And this week's listener question comes from Debbie. She says, my husband recently retired and we moved to our condo in a resort area in the mountains where there is skiing, hiking, biking, and really any outside sport one could imagine. My husband loves the outdoors and borders on an extreme sport person. He loves pushing his limits into danger at times. I am constantly being invited with our friends to do big hikes, trips to trek in Switzerland or Peru, rafting trips in whitewater, etc. I have trouble determining if I am having fun doing these things. The whitewater rafting trip we just did for five nights certainly was out of my comfort zone, and I cannot say it was on my bucket list. I did enjoy most of it, though, so that is why it is confusing. I love staying home, knitting, reading, decorating, organizing, and am a homemaker at heart and like the outdoors, too, but can't seem to figure out if I love doing all these things. I contend toward being insular. Overall, I feel like we are fulfilling my husband's bucket list and I am just going along for the ride without any of my own direction. Do you have any suggestions? So what an interesting question, Gretch. What an interesting question. And you know, this is something that I 
has been surprising to me as I've been talking to people about happiness is how many adults just don't know what they find fun. It's like um, you sort of lose track of that. It's so easy to be told, like, this is fun or everybody else is having fun doing this. So, of course, like you're going to have fun doing it. And I remember what a revelation it was for me when I realized my secret of adulthood, which is that um, what's fun for other people may not be fun for you and vice versa. And it's that same tension we were talking about, Gretchen, in our Try This at Home about the TV, about be Gretchen, be Elizabeth. You know, she wants to be Debbie. But at the same time, there's a lot of value in stepping out of your comfort zone and living in an atmosphere of growth and connecting over something that your spouse loves. So how do you resolve that? But you're exactly right, Alyssa. I think it's, you know, it's the atmosphere of growth. It's novelty and challenge. It's connecting with other people. She is enjoying it. Um, but I do think that at the same time, it's really important to to know, are you actually having fun? Because there are many times in life when you might do something because it's fun for other people and because you want to be part of it and you find it like pleasant enough But it's not actually fun for you. And I think it's important to know that. Like if you're going to the museum because everybody wants to go to the museum and you're like, yeah, it's fine going to the museum. But would I ever go on my own? No. I mean, you want to know if you're doing that, which there's a place for that in life. And but are there things that are actually fun for you? Because there's a place in life for the things that you actually really find fun. Yeah, you don't want to just do spend all your time doing what someone else finds fun and you never get to do your own fun thing. I mean, to me, for this question, you know, she mentioned if she feels like they're fulfilling her husband's bucket list mm-hmm. and she's just along for the ride. Well, I think she needs to really take time to think about her bucket list. Yes. And maybe he wants to go, um, you know, on a big hike, you know, in uh, up some crazy mountain <laughs> for his bucket list. Maybe she wants to make a really intricate knitted outfit or something. You know, it's like just because it's not big and outside of the house doesn't mean it can't be a bucket list item. So I think Debbie really needs to think, well, what do I want to do and make those items a priority for her while not totally rejecting obviously her husband's bucket list items because there's a lot to be said for helping someone else fulfill their dreams too right right well you know and and i wonder if this isn't if debbie's an obliger because this reminds me of a situation that a reader described to me that she had so she was a questioner and her husband was an obliger and she said one of the things I've noticed is that every weekend we're making, we do all the things that I want to get done. And I'm noticing that week after mm-hmm. week, we're not doing anything that he wants to get done. And when I say to him, what do you want to do? He's like, well, whatever you want to do is fine. And mm-hmm. very wisely, she was realizing this is probably not the greatest situation for like long-term marital contentment. And so she mm. came up with a very clever strategy, which is that every Friday afternoon, they both make a list of like three to five things they would both like to do or get done over the weekend. And then they try to get both lists accomplished. And so he has the accountability that he needs as an obliger because he's making a list and she knows what the list is and she's like checking on his list too. Um, and his desires and needs are being articulated. And so mm. it's sometimes it's easy when somebody just goes along to not say like, hey, are we having enough time to do what's fun for you? Are we making time for your things? Mm-hmm. And so you need to find a way to build that in if it's not happening naturally. Yeah. So talking to her husband about this and saying, hey, I want to make sure we also are doing my bucket list items could be key to following through. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the thing is, you'd think that it would be so obvious to know what's fun for you, but it's really hard. And kind of Debbie's story reminds me of a story of something that happened to me when I was at a party. So I was at this party and I was talking to a woman who I only knew a little bit. I always really liked her, but, you know, we were just kind of friendly acquaintances. And I was saying like, oh, well, what did you do for spring break? And she said, oh, well, we went on a family ski trip. And I was like, oh, you know, that's so, that's so great. And sounds like you had a good time. I have, and, But I have to say for me, like one of my favorite things about my husband is he has a really, really bad knee. So we, there's no chance we could ever go skiing. And that's I love that because... You know, the idea of skiing just does not appeal to me. And she's like, oh, no, no, you should think about it. It's so beautiful. It's great exercise. It's a great family activity. You know, it gets you all out of the house. You have this, like, adventure. It's just it's just a wonderful family vacation. I was like, yeah, I totally get that, and I see that. But, mm-hmm. like, I hate the cold. I hate equipment. I'm really unsport- <laughs> sporty. I'm a super homebody. Like, it just doesn't appeal to me. And she's like, yeah. So we both go around our ways, and, you know, I'm talking to people. She's talking to people. And she comes back to me like a half an hour later with this stricken look on her face. And she said, mm. you know what? I realized I don't like skiing. Ooh. And to me, the point isn't that it was a waste of time for her to go skiing, but she didn't even know right. how she felt about skiing. She just thought, of course I like this. Everybody, Everybody likes skiing. likes skiing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fine to do something if you're mindfully doing it for your own reasons. But when you kind of trick yourself into thinking that you're actually having fun, then your life isn't going to be very fun because it's not that fun for you. Yeah. I wonder if she um, curtailed any of her skiing I haven't after seen, that. You know what? I might see her again. Um, so I'm going to ask her about that. That's a great question. Yeah. There's also the kind of category of fun where things sound fun two weeks out when you agree <laughs> to do them. And then like the day before, they don't sound fun at all. Um, and, you know, it, it's like that's a hard question because – it could, you don't want to not challenge yourself. I yes. think sometimes the day before things don't seem fun because they seem challenging, but then they really are fun. Yes. So it, it can be hard to do. You don't want to not do something because you don't want to push yourself. So right. it's tricky. Well, one thing you can do is say to yourself, like, afterwards, well, I wish I had done it. Not even mm. like, will I have had fun? Because you don't know if you have fun, but you're like, well, I wish I had gone. Because it's like, if I didn't have to drive all the way there and find a parking space, would I do it? Right. Will I wish I had done it when all that's behind me? Because you're right. Like, I don't really look forward to very many things, I have to say. I'm not a person who feels a lot of, like, excited anticipation. You'd always rather be home with a book. <laughs> it, always, it always feels like a little bit of an effort. But then I'm glad that I did. Like, And so I just try to get myself to do things saying like, oh, but you'll be so glad that you went. You'll be so glad that you did yeah. it. But I know. Like I will say in the case of Debbie, it doesn't sound like she's that thrilled she went on the white water rafting trip. I think she's fine with it, but she's not like, oh, and once it was done, I was so thrilled. It was so exciting. And I was outside for five days. She's like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Most of it, you know. So again, it's and that's hard stuff. to look at that. I give her yeah. gold star. Like if she's not deeply into it, it's that's one of these things where I'm like, you're either really into it or you're not into it at all. I'm. I, I think it's admirable that she can be even enjoying it because th- this sounds. This is, sounds like pretty, pretty outdoorsy stuff. Not casual. Yeah, you know, Gretch. On this whole point of what's fun for you, yeah. I realized very recently after being married ten years 
that Adam does not love to sit by the pool at the hotel as much as I do. Mm. Like, to me, the best thing about being on vacation is sitting by a pool and reading a book. Oh, yeah. That's what I want to do mm-hmm. like for eight hours. <laughs> and I just assumed that's what Adam wanted to do. And I was always so confused about why it was so hard to get him out to the pool. Ah. And then I finally realized, oh, that's not his favorite thing to do. He Ah. does this because I love doing it. Not Ah. that he hates it, but it's not like what he looks forward to for weeks and weeks. Mm. So now I just go out to the pool like when I get up and if I want to go out at 10 a.m., I do. And then if he wants to come out at noon, he can come out at noon and then Jack can come out obviously whenever he wants to come out. But the point is, we all get what we want because no one's forcing each other, you know, to either sit by the pool or not sit by the pool. Right, 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 right. And that you don't have to do exactly the same thing. Yes. Because once you articulate those differences, I think part of it is when you never kind of come right out and say it or like you never say like, well, I would rather be doing this if that's okay with you, um, then it never gets worked out. But here's here's a final like couple thoughts um, for Debbie just on this question of what do you find fun? One good question to think about is, what did you do for fun when you were 10 years old? Because something that Mm. you did for fun when you were 10 years old is probably something you would enjoy now. So maybe when she was 10 years old, she was doing arts and crafts projects. Or maybe you were walking in the woods with your dog, or you were going for a bike ride, or you were, you know, inventing a new recipe. Something that you did as a child is probably something that you would enjoy now. So if you're searching for things you find fun. And then this question of what we were saying, like, what do you actually look forward to? Because, Mm -hmm. again especially if it's supposed to be something like a vacation, if you're kind of dreading it, then it's not super fun for you. Yeah. And you want to have at least some parts of your life that are fun, if you possibly can, if you possibly can find time for fun. Like, not everybody can, yeah. and that's a sad thing. But, like, Debbie's retired. She can. So this is the time to pursue what's fun yes. for her. Yeah, so it's a question of, like, clarity and kind of articulating what it is that she would want. So Debbie, hope that helps. Yes. Let us know how it goes. Yes. Very yes. curious, very invested in Debbie's enjoying her retirement. And by the way, I love it when we get these responses, Elizabeth, from people who like write in and give us updates. That is so yes. fun. So if you yes. have a cool update, please email us again because it's fascinating to hear um, like the woman who got the car from her in-laws. I was like, Oh, my gosh, I hope she writes this back and tells us what happened. (laughs) Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich (laughs) is my ideal lunch. But I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, it is your turn to go first with a demerit. Yes, Gretchen. Well, okay. We all remember (laughs) my Candy Crush demerit. 
Yeah, I have a new related demerit. Uh oh. Um, uh oh. If you can name name this tune. Okay, Lisa, I I can't name that tune. What is that? What is that a clue to? That is the music for Two Dots, which is another game. Oh another no! Another app. <laughs> Yes, which is not Candy Crush, but might be somewhat similar to Candy Crush that I am, um, I downloaded and I am currently obsessed with. I think I'm on level 388 now. (laughs) And just in case you're wondering, yes, I have been buying extra lives. So I am spending money on it. Not a ton, but I am spending money on it. Uh, And, um, you know, I'm just right back where I was with Candy Crush. Well, with Candy Crush, you got to the point where, as I recall, it was actually affecting your career in a bad way. And it was affecting your physical (laughs) health because, like, your shoulders were tight and your fingers were cramped and, like, your eyes were crossing. Are are you at that dangerous point with two dots? I... Not quite there. I haven't yet started having the hand cramps. Um, But it could get there. So I... Even though it's a... Like, it is potentially affecting my happiness. I'm not ready to delete it. I okay. probably should right now mm. in this segment delete mm. it. Which you did I with can't... you did that with Candy Crush. You did an on air deletion. I did. And many people were inspired by your example. We heard from many listeners who were yes. like, the minute I heard you do it, I deleted this or I deleted that. I'm not ready, Greg. Okay. It's not ready. All right. But, you know, readiness uh, is maybe all. now that I've yep. voiced it, I yep. will be ready. Sometimes, you know, acknowledging the problem is a first step. Yes. So yes. That's what I'm grappling with okay. these days. Okay. Um, but what is your gold star? We've talked about repeating demerits and we've talked about demerits to turn into gold stars and gold stars to mm-hmm. turn into demerits. And this is a, de- a past demerit that I managed to turn into a gold star. And this is about the process of getting Eliza ready to go off to college. And so, of course, mm-hmm. I got so many great suggestions from listeners about things she should pack. And I had this packing list and she had her list. And so we went down to go shopping and I knew because of a past demerit and because of my whole past life where I <laughs> I know myself. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth, tell me if you can imagine this situation, mm-hmm. given what you know about me. It's like I've got the list in hand. I'm in the big store. And I just sort of my laser focus is lo- it just locks in. And I'm just getting into cross it off the list mode. And I just want to mm-hmm. forge forward. I want to make decisions. I want to be efficient. I want to cut through everything. And I could feel that happening like as I was walking through the double doors of the Liza. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to remember dad's mantra, enjoy the process. Mm. And remember, this is not a packing list that we need to cross every item off in a half an hour. This is a beautiful mother-daughter moment that will happen only once. Only once will I get her ready to go off to college for the first time. It will never be like this again. Yeah, It's like your first apartment or your first house. Like it's never this, it's never the same the second time. It's yeah. The first time is special. That's what you remember. Don't make her crazy. Yeah. Don't have a fight. Don't rush her. Like she wants to pick the cover of her bed, you know. Right. That's a big decision. Cover. And there's lots of choices. Yeah. That can take as long as it needs to take. What's the best kind of hanger? Do you even need hangers? Well, we're just going right. to talk about that for a minute. And so I managed to stay cool and not like become a raging to-do list check-making maniac. <laughs> so I, it took a lot of self-control, but I think I think I managed pretty well. Good for you. I'm proud of you. And <laughs> was it fun? Did you have fun? It was really fun. It oh, was really good. fun. It really, really was fun. 
And um, oh, to give you a flavor of it, um, I took this little voice memo of like a typical moment of like what was oh, happening good. while we were shopping. Is this actually a college essential? I don't know. What makes you think it's a college essential? Well, it's got a, they've tagged stuff with college essential, but I don't, I mean, do I need a mini box seat? What is a mini box seat? You definitely do. (laughs) That is not essential. Oh, Gretch, I wish I'd been there. That seems like such a fun bonding time. I would have loved to witness that. Yeah, no, it was really fun. But I think you know me well enough to see how it could have easily slipped into the dark side. I do indeed. Well, that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Connect with TV. Let us know if you tried it, who you connected with, and what TV show you connected about. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a rate and review. This week, the resources are, uh, the first one is one that I already mentioned, which is the pre-order bonus. And again, if you want to go check that out, it's at happiercast.com slash 4tbonus, or I'll put it in the show notes if you want to just link through. So if you pre-order the book, I very much appreciate it. And hang on to your receipt because those pre-orders are going to blow your mind. No, probably not. But they are pretty great. (laughs) And I also wanted to remind people that I do a Facebook Live video each week. And um, that's a super fun chance to talk live with listeners and viewers about any episode that has recently happened, any issue that we've been talking about, or just anything generally that you want to raise. It's a super fun conversation. Because of my schedule being kind of changeable right now, um, check the link on my site to see when it is. Usually it's 3 p.m. on Tuesdays, Eastern Time. But if you want to be sure, I'll put a link there to where you can see the schedule. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.